Welcome to the Pin 12 Podcast, a show discussing the most decorated conference in college wrestling, the Big 12. I'm your host, Lee Cothran, joined by Sam Phillips. Sam, what's going on? Not much, Lee. I am pumped. We've got a huge weekend of dual action coming up in the Big 12. There are eight teams currently with one loss or less in Big 12 duels so far. So when you've got two-thirds of the conference you know, in that top tier, there's bound to be some separation. I think we're going to see it this weekend. Absolutely. A ton of big time matchups and um, some interesting things that we can learn about the different individuals and teams in the race for a Big 12 regular season title. So uh, excited to watch this pan out and and see who separates themselves here uh, this weekend. So um, before we get into that, uh, we have to recap last weekend. There was plenty of good action in the uh, Big 12 last weekend and a lot of uh Cool stuff to talk about, really. Uh, some controversy, some uh, highlights, some some other things. So, uh, where where do we start? I think there was uh, some some good juicy controversy there on Friday night, wasn't there? Yeah, that West Virginia Oklahoma duel. That was a great duel meet down in Norman. Came down to the final match, really, which was one ninety seven. They started at heavyweight. And what a duel. It was Oklahoma winning at 18-15. Those three bonus points, though, Lee, all came at 149 when Sammy Halegas had to injury default in his match against Mitch Moore. Yeah, and that wasn't necessarily a, an injury default that uh, would have happened without some um, curious action from Mitch Moore, if I uh, watched it correctly. Yeah, I mean, so Mitch Moore, he's really solid defender, like stingy, kind of hard to score on. And he's also a physical wrestler, but in this match you saw him dropping to all fours. And then a lot of wrestlers use that to drive, dive in on the legs. And Mitch Moore was using it to, you know, jump up and at Halegas and he, the way he explodes into him, their foreheads are hitting multiple times throughout the match. And eventually one of them was hard enough where Halegas backed off and they did a quick, uh, check on his eyes to see if he was all right and send him back out there. And then it wasn't too much longer before it happened again. And they had to take Halegas out of the match. So big bummer and a tight match and a tight dual meet to have it decided by something like that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, you know, not to say that there's anything nefarious about what Mitch Moore was doing, but it, it's definitely a, um, uh, well, even, even the OU commentators were saying it was borderline. So I think it's fair to say it's borderline. Okay. Well, you know, look, don't tweet at us, uh, uh, Mitch Moore's <laughs> brothers, right? So <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Granted, and, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I would declare the OU commentators as, uh, I mean, they're obviously very knowledgeable, <laughs> but there are also certain parts of the rule set where it's like, they have not watched wrestling in five years because <laughs> they seemed unaware of the Dean Heil danger rule. And also love to refer to uh, stalling warnings as cautions, which is a bit mm. confusing as a fan. Uh, I know there's different terms that older generations use, but it it's the little things that just drive me up the wall with stuff like that, Lee. Yeah, well, you know, you're 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 uh, not going to get much objection from me, but uh, I'm I, you're you're also you're you're not going to bait me into saying uh, to get, get into a you know conversation you know t- dumping on OU too much. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get you to stick up for your state during. I'm Iowa not going to do it. Week, I'm not going to do it. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to do it there. Uh, but um, you know, some some other 
interesting results in that one. Uh, uh, you know, Tate Piccolo's been performing well this season. He seems to fill in nice at that natural weight for him, 184 pounds. Um, he, he's been having a, a good performance as a redshirt freshman coming off of knee surgery and, um, picked up a decent win here against Anthony Carmen. I'm curious if he'll be the guy at 184 moving forward. Cause they've also wrestled him at 174. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that also then begs the question, where does, uh, when, when does Buchanan come back? If he comes back. Yeah. That whole 74 through 97 situation down at OU has left me very confused. Um, this meet at 157, though, Jared Hill got the call over Jacob Butler, and he got the sudden victory win against uh, ranked Alex Hornfeck. So that's another thing. You can look at that dual meet, and West Virginia was an OT takedown away from winning it. Definitely. Uh, they did get great performance from their 174-pounder, Scott Joel, all weekend, really, really tough uh, in the trip to Oklahoma. Picked up yeah. the 8-5 to five decision over Darian Roberts, who uh, was the week one NCAA wrestler of the week, right? Um, yeah. It kind of been kind of slid downhill from there for, for Darian, but uh, Scott Joel had a great performance against him and then uh, turned around, and, and we'll talk about it in a bit, but had a great performance against Dustin Plot too. So um, he's having himself a, a nice little... Uh, a weekend and hopefully that launches him into the rankings. Yeah, for sure. You also had Michael Wolfgram beating Josh Heinzelman at heavyweight three, one uh, pretty ho-hum as was the one twenty five pound match Killian Cardinal over Joey Prada three to two. And then at one forty one was a pretty fun match. Moshe Schwartz versus Jordan Titus and Titus had a takedown that went to review and they ended up saying no takedown early in the match. That changes things a little bit for sure. Um, it was like that, that, uh, rear standing position sort of but not exactly so uh he did not get the hand touch takedown there and Moshe Schwartz comes out with a 4-1 victory there yeah big big win for him and then ultimately a big win for the Sooners there in uh in Norman uh, even with the controversy you know you'll take them how you can get them right um uh, so beating a ranked uh, dual team is is good for that program and um should get them back into the rankings who knows though so uh, kind of curious how, to see how that pans out. Um, uh, moving on to Utah Valley at South Dakota, yeah, South Dakota State, taking that trip to Brookings. Um, there were some interesting results here as well, right? I mean, it wasn't exactly a, a blowout for South Dakota State, and a couple of guys you expect to win uh, didn't here with uh, uh, Clay Carlson losing again uh, with. Uh, um, Cade DeVos losing to Demetrius Romero, which are, you know, which is, is expected. Uh, but uh, curious to see some of these results and to discuss some of them. Well, in the way that SDSU has been wrestling at dual meets this year, you would think they would maybe snag a match like Cade DeVos over Demetrius Romero, but it was Romero getting the 4 2 win there. Uh, we did not get to see Tanner Sloan versus Evan Bachman. Tanner Sloan picked up a fall against a backup. But we did get to see 125 Tanner Jordan versus Case Mauger was a fun one with Mauger getting the fall in the second period. And then he followed that up on Sunday or Saturday with a second period or a first period fall against North Dakota State. So a good weekend for Case Mauger at 125. Definitely, definitely. And then, of course, a, a, a huge weekend there for for Ty Smith, too. Uh, you know, I think that he uh, um, sw- did he sweep there? I think so. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, really good for, 
yeah, he did. Um, so really good for him and uh, a good chance for him to, to kind of make his mark there. Big win over Carlson. Um, not an easy thing to do, uh, go into Prost Arena and, and pick up a win over that guy. Yeah, for sure. Also, I want to point out 165. We did not see Tanner Cook this weekend. It was Connor Ganor and Ganor got two pins of his own. So I guess if you're a 165 for SDSU, you are just going to put six on the board no matter what. And you're going to live and die by the gator bacon, I think, is, <laughs> is how that goes. Uh, you're going to give up eight back points, but pin your opponent. This <laughs> is exactly. typically how about. the uh, how the South Dakota State 165, they're just throwing each other, I guess, uh, in <laughs> that, the room. That practice room is wild. <laughs> that new facility there, they're really breaking in the uh, subfloor uh, <laughs> under the mats. So um, the 165 pounders. So that's, that's fun, though. I mean, you know, like you said, like we've said, uh, Tanner Cook is uh, appointment TV at this at this rate. He's gonna uh, live and die by that, right? Uh, one one day he'll or in one hour one hour he'll pin uh, Carson Karchla, and then the next get uh, teched in the first period by uh, Julian Ramirez, right? So I I think that uh, that guy is just gonna be um, fun to watch and uh, a real threat. If you don't if you if you haven't scouted him, he's gonna come for you. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we had the North Dakota State-Wyoming dual meet. Not a whole lot of interest in this duel, but at 157, Jared Franick escaped with a sudden victory win over Jacob Wright. So that's a huge jump from the last time they wrestled where Franick got a major decision. For sure. That's probably a good sign from Jacob Wright. Uh, he's starting to kind of come alive there and, and get into the groove of the season. And um, good to see. I, Wyoming needs it, right? Uh, There's some talk about what the heck has happened to Wyoming? And it's like, well, wait, the, the yeah, Wyoming's having a down year, but the Dakota schools are really, really good. Yeah. So let's temper expectations, kind of switch that up a little bit. Hayden but, Hastings uh, also still out for Wyoming. Not sure on his return, but that's a round of 12 guy that is not in the lineup right now. Well, you know, for, for them, it, it's, it's not, it's Hastings. It's, uh, you know, losing Buchanan. It's losing, uh, um, the guy who transferred to Lehigh. Samuelson. Yeah, Samuelson. So, um, you know, they lost three guys that they were kind of relying on. Uh, and then Jacob Wright hasn't really been 100%. So um, insert all four of those into the lineup. And it's a we're ha- and, and plus Yori Volk. Uh, we're having a different conversation about Wyoming probably. But that's the way this thing goes. Um, they've got they, – they pulled in a good recruiting class last year and they've got a good one signed. So they're going to be all right. Um, we'll have Wyoming wrestling to talk about next year a, a little bit more. Um, I have full faith in the coaching staff up there to get that done and um, bring back that exciting brand of uh, Laramie, Wyoming, high altitude wrestling. Absolutely. Then on Saturday night, you had Air Force going out to Cal Baptist and they won big 38 to three. The three came at 165. Frank Almagar. He's going to be my dark horse, I think, to qualify for the NCAA tournament at 165. He took out Gianno Petrocelli in sudden victory, and I I think he could turn some heads at the Big 12 tournament for Cal Baptist. For sure. I think there's a couple of guys at Cal Baptist that we should definitely have on the radar there. Almagar and Griffin are, are two that probably should qualify, and that'd be massive for that program in their first year here eligible for uh, the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. We probably need to start talking about allocations and coaches rankings and things like that. Uh, uh, next week, we'll talk a little bit more about it and what we could be looking for. 
in terms yeah. of allocate allocations, 165 is really deep nationwide, but in the Big 12, it's uh it's crazy. So you might be looking at eight or nine allocations for the Big 12 at 165 pounds. And Al McGower is definitely a guy who can go get that. Um, because the really six to thirteen is uh up in the air, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Then South Dakota State took on Wyoming in their trip to the Dakotas and Jory Volk gets the 7-1 decision over Tanner Jordan, but after that, it was all SDSU. The Jacks were jacked up out there, and a lot of that was because 157, you had Kale Swinson with a 3-1 victory over Jacob Wright. That was, of course, a rematch from the Soldier Salute Finals. So, uh, turn of the tables there. Yeah. Um, You know, two steps forward, one step back here for for Jacob Wright. So, um, again, hopefully he's gelling and we we see him perform a little bit better here in in the next few duels but uh um look they went into fargo and and or i'm sorry into brookings and and uh uh didn't go well for a while <laughs> and again that's what the talk came from so we'll we'll keep an eye on it but uh you evoke big win though um that guy's really starting to come on i mean obviously last weekend with the major over certain um, he made his announcement, but uh, uh, at the same time, um, he's continuing to wrestle well and uh, and put up uh, some great results. Yeah, absolutely. North Dakota State took away a 31-12 victory over Utah Valley. The highlight of that meet for me, for Utah Valley at least, you had Case Mogger we talked about got the pin, and then at heavyweight, Chase Trussell upset Juan Mora. So Chase Trussell is into the flow wrestling rankings, um, you know, not – where I thought he would be at this point in the season. So hats off to Chase Trussell. For sure. And the heavyweight question at, at in the Big 12 just continues to get cloudy, right? Another uh, another deep, deep weight class in the Big yeah, 12. Yeah, for sure. I it, Something we're eventually going to have to come to grips with as a wrestling you know environment here is that the, the every weight class in the Big 12, with the exception of maybe 133 and uh, – like behind the top guys at 133 and 165 it's very evenly matched and there's a lot of really talented wrestlers just across the board and it's uh it's tough it, it's a it's a dogfight every weekend um for all these guys so um yeah i mean we're we're in some it's a treat for us is really what it comes down to. Um, we're we're getting to talk about a lot of parody and a lot of guys who just it's it's not the same names every week, right? It's not the same. So many toss up matches. It's a lot of Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Um, Northern Colorado made uh, the trip out to uh, Oklahoma State um, and uh, picked up a couple decent wins here that you were. To expect, right? Um, but I think the real announcement, Steve O'Poolin picked up the five nothing win over Jordan Blakenship and uh looked great doing it. I he picked up what six minutes of riding time, darn near. Um that's a lot. It's a lot of riding time, uh punishing the front true freshman there for Oklahoma State. And um in punishing is the right word for it. He was uh, uh heavy on his shoulders, um, you know, was working turns. He he did he wasn't able to tilt him. Um, but, uh, he, he went for it and, um, against, uh, um, guys who don't squat 400 plus pounds. I think that he, he might have a good chance at tilting them over, but, uh, uh, Blankenship's a, a stout one, but, uh, you know, Poulin looked really good. I think he's a dark horse, uh, podium guy at 125 pounds for sure. 
And then uh, Andrew Alirez picked up the major decision over Carter Young. Uh, talked about it last week. Carter Young, until last week, hadn't given up a uh, bonus point uh, in his career. And uh, he, you know, got pinned there against Matt Kolosnik of Columbia. And then uh, Lirez put on a real takedown clinic on Carter. Um, it was uh, it, it was just a dominance there from the uh, uh, number one wrestler in the country. Uh, I think he kind of just went into the building and, and made his uh, announcement. And uh, he, he won big and it was a, uh, you know, tough one there for Carter Young, but um, you know, up and down, uh, for him this season. And then, uh, Baylor Fernandez picked up the win over Wyatt sheets. Um, so again, another guy from Northern Colorado, just kind of coming on and, uh, getting himself on the map here. Uh, he's, he's had a great season, um, but going into Gallagher and, and beating a 60 year guy like Wyatt sheets is a big thing. Yeah. Through those first six or er- lower six weights. I thought Northern Colorado wrestled really well with Fernandez picking up the win. And then that Zerbin Gefeller match was really entertaining. I think between Zerbin and Fernandez, they are just scrambling machines. So they're tough, tough guys to finish shots on. For sure. Zerbin has shown that. I mean, the guy in doing some research on Northern Colorado, Zerbin, um, he doesn't lose by much ever. And uh, he's got the propensity like, uh, Tanner Cook, he's got some propensity to execute a throw and, and pick up big bonus points in his matches. So um, definitely a, a a threat there. And then, yeah, they both loved to roll, right? They were definitely diving for ankles and uh, trying to get out of uh, those situations, which Caden Gefeller is somebody that likes to do that as well. He he loves uh, that stand up and dive for an ankle move to get out, to get a reversal, right? Um, so uh, taste of his own medicine there against Zerbin in a couple of instances. And it was a really interesting match to watch for sure. They were pretty evenly matched. Yeah, for sure. And then 174 through 197, you've got the pokes picking up bonus points at each of those. So uh, good, good ending there. Good ending for the Cowboys. Uh, it, it was real. It was probably their best weekend of the season so far. Um, which you know to to kind of cap off that uh, West Virginia made the trip up to Stillwater after their trip to Norman, and um, they uh, uh, you know plain and simple didn't really look uh, that great. Um, Cardinal. They looked a lot better against OU. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know. Carter Young picked up the big win over Jordan Titus. I think that was probably a toss-up that uh, Carter Young looked really good. Uh, he um, wrestled a, a good match. Uh, he got that first takedown, uh, was aggressive in doing that, rode Titus out uh, for most of the first period and second period. Um, he got ridden uh, pretty good in the third period, but was able to get the escape and uh, fend off Titus for, for another takedown. And um, it was a, uh, a good, well-wrestled match by Carter, building up his confidence after the kind of rough stretch that he went there with Kolodzik and uh, Alirez. But um, yeah, the other ones really are, uh, you know, Peyton Hall picked up the win over Wyatt Sheets. Um, Sheets looked better than he had uh, previously, uh, quite frankly. Um, but Peyton Hall continuing to look really, really solid in his matches uh, here pretty much every week. You, you can expect him to... Um, wrestle really well and then uh um i i know i asked you know what's connor Doucette going to do here against wolfgram uh you know this is his first 
big test since Heinzelman. Um, Wolfgram just beat Heinzelman. You know, wh- what are we going to be seeing here from Connor Doucette? And uh, he did what he needed to do, took care of business and and picked up the win over Wolfgram. I think it was in regulation too, uh, surprisingly. Yeah, he blew up the scoreboard three to one. <laughs> I scored a whole take down there. So uh, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, uh, good for Connor Doucette. And um, ultimately that was probably the best. Like, like I said, that was probably the best that Oklahoma State wrestled this season so far. Yeah, those uh, major decisions at 184 and 197 stick out to me a bit too with Whitlake over Carmen, who's a solid wrestler, and Cerber over Cooley, which is more separation than I thought there would be in that 197-pound match. For sure, for sure. Uh, Cerber's looking really, really strong. Um, he's He hasn't had that opportunity, um, but as we'll get into here in a bit, he's he's getting it. He's getting this, that opportunity this coming weekend. So um, he's looked really strong. He's looked like he's... Uh, um, kind of feeling it, feeling the weight, and um, able to to get to get to legs and start, you know, getting a little funky with it. Uh, something that he wasn't really able to do at heavyweight. So he's um, just getting his feels, and I think that uh, he's going to be really tough come Big Twelve tournament, NCAA tournament time. Yeah, one other result: Northern Colorado made the road trip over to Little Rock on Sunday and they picked up nine out of 10 matches with six of those wins being bonus points. So a big win for Northern Colorado and they're really showing how the floor of this conference has came up a lot in the last couple of years. Seriously. I think uh, something that I wanted to mention here with Northern Colorado air force, um, they smoked Cal Poly right both both programs did uh and cal poly goes into you know they they take on arizona state and they pick up a win yeah right? and it's, so i mean we're we're looking at like in in arizona state's not exactly it's not like well they're a pat 12 program they're not really that good arizona state was number three in the country at some point like right three weeks ago yeah so uh, and look yeah asu the kindle Norfleet, i think has been out uh Schultz, Colton Schultz, Schultz missed that one. Will he wrestle or not? Right. So I think there's some, yeah, we can all make those excuses, but still like Arizona state probably should have the depth to beat a program like Cal Poly, who's getting their butts whipped by North Northern Colorado and um, air force. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. Um, they're not right. It, that's, that's kind of goes back to why we started this podcast. It's the big 12 is really good. Right. And they, it doesn't get talked about, but I'd put Northern Colorado up against Michigan State. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Purdue, Maryland. Purdue, Maryland. And now Maryland goes and beats Oklahoma. Sure. But like, that's, there's question marks there on like, what, what are we really talking about here when we talk about conference strength and uh, depth and things like that? There's, um, there are some results that we can point to that say, like, look, Big 12 is really good. And there, and there are some that we can point to to say, not really. Campbell beats Maryland, beats OU, right? So, and Campbell's a solid program, not to say. But then OU beats Campbell and SDSU smokes Campbell. Right. So, like, it's, it's a res, wrestling. There's dual no. Dual meets are fun. Yeah. Dual meets are a lot of fun. A, matchups matter a lot. And B, um, look, it's, it's the ultimate meritocracy, right? Like, anybody can go out and beat anybody else on any given weekend. It's there are no sure things um, as, as it, sometimes there can seem like there are 
right? Like we're pretty confident Spencer Lee's going to pin whoever he lines up against, right? <laughs> we're pretty <laughs> confident that Dayton Fix is going to win his matches. We're pretty confident that David Carr is going to win his matches or Keegan O'Toole is going to win his matches, right? But like if you're not ready, then you can get beat. Everybody, all, you know, 300 however many wrestlers that make the NCAA tournament and then probably the expanding that out to the 600 or so wrestlers that are in starting lineups, they're all good. You know, it's how do they all make that step? And there's probably, there's all kinds of things that go into that, but um, they're all good enough to surprise it just about anybody uh, on any given match. And that's why we like to talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, are you ready to get into this week's slate? Yeah, uh, for sure. I think that the, you know, we'll spend a lot of time on the Oklahoma schools taking a trip to Iowa to take on the two Iowa programs. Um, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll touch on the rest as well. There are some really interesting matchups. Uh, we could probably start with this Snow College trip, uh, uh, just kind of get it out of the way. Uh, it looks like they're having a a try duel at Utah Valley for Air Force and Utah Valley to get some extra matches here with Snow College or Junior College out of New Mexico or Utah. I believe Utah. I'm not sure okay. though. Um, but yeah, they're they're not that deep. I don't think, uh, especially uh, you know, you have a JUCO wrestling uh, Division One team. So I expect Air Force and Utah Valley to rack up some points in those duels maybe get some action for some of the reserves. And then you've got that big 12 duel at the end of the night with air force versus Utah Valley, which will have a couple good matches in particular, 174 Sam Wolf against Demetrius Romero. And I think Romero has had a lot of close matches. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him drop one before he gets to the big 12 tournament. For sure. Uh, And that's that he's in his what seventh year, right? So exactly. It's, kind of a load management question with him. This is a, a test for him and I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, and then welcome to the rankings chase Trestle. You get to wrestle Wyatt Hendrickson. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, not something I would sign up for, but <laughs> yeah, I well, guess you, I'm also not a division one wrestler. Right. Well, you know, regardless of if you're signed up for it or not, you, you're, you're, uh, Wyatt Hendrickson is going to be looking to throw you and, uh, you know, put you on your back. So, um, be prepared for that and we'll, we'll see how he does. If, if he can keep it to a regular or major decision, that's pretty, that's a win, right? Yeah, absolutely. Case Malger versus Tucker Owens at 125 is another good, sneaky good matchup after Malger's pin fest last weekend. For sure. For sure. Uh, excited about that one. Um, so that one is on uh, Friday at uh, Friday on uh, the Utah Valley channel on YouTube. So uh, be sure to check out those guys again. They're uh, uh, always fun. That's a Saturday night in uh, Ogden is uh, our Friday night in Ogden <laughs> is uh, uh, getting some, some good press here. Yeah, absolutely. Then at 6 PM. So just before that one on flow, you got SDSU at Northern Colorado Northern Colorado has had a pretty good dual season, but they're running into some trouble once they, they get into these uh, other like upper tier big 12 programs. So they gave West Virginia a good dual meet and lost. And then they lost last week, even though they put out a good performance against Oklahoma state and they're just really hitting. They have a front loaded big 12 schedule. I would say with SDSU this week. 
Yeah, that's a tough one for them for sure. They're going to be looking for their second uh, Big 12 victory, but I don't necessarily see it coming against South Dakota State. Um, there are some good matchups here, though. Uh, Tanner Jordan and Steve O'Poolin uh, definitely stands out as one that could be fun to watch. Uh, that's, uh, you know, Poolin's really coming on, and then Jordan's really coming on. They're both just... Um, They've been solid this year and uh, um, kind of an any, anybody's match uh, could work out there. Yeah. And then at 141, you've got Alirez versus Carlson, part four. Clay Carlson has won two of the pre- previous three matchups. But man, if I don't know if anybody's picking Clay Carlson with the way that Alirez has been wrestling this season. Yeah, or with the way Carlson's been wrestling, quite frankly. Alirez has been a man on a mission for sure. Uh, what is he allowed one takedown or something like that? And, yeah, something like that. And uh and on on the flip side of that has 67 takedowns or something crazy. So yeah. he's uh been aggressive and typically that wins well. Um and I'm trying to think who else we should be looking out for here. Vince Zerbin and, and Kale Swinson is an interesting matchup. Uh, yeah. and then uh um frankly Andrew Berryesa and, and Kate DeVos is a, an interest, interesting matchup as well. Yeah, for sure. So I think SCSU will win pretty decisively in that one. But the, if a couple things go Northern Colorado's way, they're pretty pesky. For sure. For sure. They're a good team. Um, at seven o'clock on ESPN Plus uh, in the Hilton Coliseum, you've got the Sooners making their visit to uh, the great state of Iowa. So um, w- what do we got going here? Yeah, this has become one of my favorite weekends of the wrestling season when you get you and I and Iowa State against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So in OU versus Iowa State, um, you know, there's a few good matches, of course, with teams that are as familiar with each other as these two are. You're going to see some good matchups. So Moshe Schwartz versus Casey Swiderski is going to be really good at 141. Swiderski Got some matches in at the North Country Open up at St. Cloud, Minnesota. No D1 matches, so they don't count for coaches ranking or anything like that. But he did get some mat time and uh, by all accounts looked fine. So I don't think that shoulder's as big of a worry as people thought after the Arizona State dual meet. You've also got Mitch Moore versus Panero Johnson at 149. David Carr versus Garrett Ninehouse at 165 and i think a really good matchup will be at heavyweight with sam schuyler versus josh heinzelman for sure i think that will be uh, an interesting one i know they've had some uh, great battles in the past uh, and, and heinzelman is kind of in that you know he he needs to start picking up some wins against ranked opponents uh, uh to qualify again so um curious to see how that continues to work out and, and this is a kind of one that he needs here but but schuyler um, has been so solid this season. I I have trouble picking him to do that. So um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Um, I'm I'm excited about Mitch Moore and Panera Johnson. I think that those two are are going to be um, uh, really tough. I mean, it, Mitch Moore is is so hard to score on, and he's always looking for upper bodies, right? And Panero stays out of that kind of thing. He uh, keeps it close and doesn't get himself into trouble. So I think that's going to be a really interesting match. Yeah, two stout one forty nine pounders there. For sure. Um, the let's see. Next here we've got uh, yeah, Cal Baptist at Wyoming uh, on Saturday at two p.m. on Flow. So um, look, these two programs are are definitely struggling this season. Um, Cal Baptist coming out of D two and and 
making their debut here uh, in the Big 12, kind of to be expected. Um, Wyoming having a down year, as we discussed earlier. Um, but we've got a potentially great matchup here between Yori Volk and Eli Griffin at 125 pounds. Yeah, two freshmen. And I mean, Griffin, we've talked about how he's had a couple good wins this season. And then Volk, too, has just come on. And I think they, at least fans, weren't really sure if Volk was going to get his red shirt pulled. It's clear that he's going to be the guy at Big 12s for Wyoming. And both these guys will be fighting to get to the national tournament. Definitely. So excited to see that one. Um, You know, I think that that will definitely make for some good Saturday afternoon viewing. Um, uh, the other Saturday matchup is between Oklahoma state and you and I had making the trip up to, uh, is the same, right? I, I, I don't think that OU and OSU are sharing a bus or, or a plane or anything. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny if they were, <laughs> it'd be a weird situation, but, uh, uh, I don't think there's a lot of love between those, uh, two coaching staffs or, uh, teams. <laughs> right. So, um, but, uh, OSU, yeah, you and I, we picked this one, so uh, you know we we could probably go through that and and talk about what we uh, uh, think might happen here. Spend some time on it. Yeah, this will be in the McLeod Center with the West Gym out of commission this year and possibly forever. So a bit of a bummer, it's not in that atmosphere. But the McLeod Center is where you and I got their first win a few years ago. They had that first win in a long time over Oklahoma State. And they had a really good showing for the Iowa State meet last year. So I'm sure it will be rocking on Saturday night in Cedar Falls at 125. Uh, sounds like we're going to have Blankenship against Gallhofer. Yeah, yep. Uh, Trevor Master Giovanni's, uh, you know, got a health uh, thing going on. So he's going to be taking a little bit of a break here for a couple weeks. Uh, he didn't quit. Uh, John Smith confirmed that. Um, I confirmed it separately, you know, he, he's, he's, that rumor has been floating out there. Um, but he is, uh, he's on, you know, on the team and everything. He's just, uh, got some health concerns there that they're sorting out and he should be back, um, here in a few weeks, hopefully. Um, but for now it'll be Blankenship. They're still trying to keep his red shirt on. Uh, I think he's got this one more, I think he can wrestle this next weekend and that'll be it. So hopefully they have a plan in place for what to do at 125 uh, to fill in for Mastro uh, after that. But as it pertains to this weekend, it'll be uh Blankenship. You know, I, I think Blankenship's got an extremely high ceiling, uh, but he's got to kind of get his weight up. Uh, he was really small for 125 pounder, which is saying something right. Um, so he, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough of either wrestler to really make a good pick here. Um, kind of have to go with the the starter, the guy who's a little bit more established for you. Yeah, Gallhofer doesn't really have any marquee wins, so I'm going to give him the nod there because he has been steady despite not having any marquee wins. And I mean, yeah, really question marks for both teams here. For sure. Um, it'd be, it's a good opportunity for Blankenship. It's a good opportunity for Gallhofer too. I mean, he, he needs to... Um, win as many as he can. So uh, can't drop home matches against uh, unranked guys. It's kind of how it goes in college wrestling. Yeah. Um, 133 pounds, Dayton Fix taking on Kyle Biscoglia rematch for the Big 12 championship last year. Um, I, I You got to like Fix here, but I like Biscoglia to not give up bonus points. He's not exactly having the season that I expected him to have. 
Yeah, it's been pretty up and down with Biscaglia, but I agree. I, he's just so stingy. It's hard to see Fix getting bonus points on him with the way that Biscaglia can get that, to that two-on-one, and he uses that uh, low stance to keep guys at a distance. So I don't see bonus points here either. Yeah, he's got that low stance, and he's got a lot of length. So um, oh, yeah, very sure. smart. In in the thing with you and I, wrestlers, they're so well-coached. You know, They just don't make mistakes that get them pinned. I guess yeah. pretty much anybody, right? So speaking of the coaches, I would not want to be the official for this duel. You better bring some earplugs. Yeah, that would definitely be uh uh I, look, I don't really envy any college official in any of these matches, but yeah, this one this one will definitely be <laughs> be a lot of stomping and yelling, I'm sure. We're gonna get some voluntary help from both sides, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, 141 pounds. Uh, this is, this is an interesting matchup. You got Kale Happel against Carter Young. Uh, Carter Young picked up the win in both matches last season. Uh, decisively you know, in both matches. Decisively. Both yeah. Matches. But, uh, trajectory wise, Carter's been kind of stagnant this year, maybe even downward, uh, trajectory wise. Whereas, uh, Happel has been really, really good. Uh, very solid upward trajectory here. Um, so, you know, while history's got Carter Young uh, favored, um, kind of have to lean Happel here. Yeah, I also lean Happel, but it's always hard to pick someone to beat a guy who they've lost to twice, and especially when both losses were that decisive. So it's definitely one that Oklahoma State thinks they can win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely one that's possible. Um, uh, you know, Carter Young is, is such a wild card, um, this season that, you know, he, he could do it there at any moment, the light bulb could come on. Right. So, um, we'll see, we'll kind of just have to see 149, I think is marquee. I think that, uh, Victor Voinovich against Colin real Buto, uh, Voinovich hasn't really had a lot of opportunities to, beat a guy like real buto um you know he he lost to mitch moore and michael blockus uh but in both of those it was mostly uh getting caught in defensive positions against them uh you know real buto's got that he's he's got that ability to really keep matches close and uh he's a good defensive wrestler voinovich will he be able to fight through that this is kind of a, a big weekend for Voinovich if he wants to move into that top 15, top 10. Um, this is where you do it. You got to beat a guy like Colin Real Buto. Yeah, definitely. And with Real Buto, you know, I think with me, I instantly think of that Sammy Sasso matchup. And he's looked really solid since like the collegiate duels. But right before that, he had a terrible CKLV. So I, that guy could come back out. And if that's the case, then Voinovich is going to cruise to victory. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, in look, uh, Real Buto didn't look good against Brock Mahler, which I mean, most of us can say that, right? So, uh, you know, it, it's definitely a, um, curious to see how that one pans out. I, I think, again, I think that's the marquee matchup of the duel is 149 pounds. It's the one that I'm most excited about, at least. Yeah, I like that one a lot. At 157, you've got Kaden Gefeller taking on uh, Derek Holschlag. Holschlag had the big win over Jacob Wright not too long ago, so... He's definitely shown that he can reach up a little bit higher than he could last year. And even last year, he was a very stingy wrestler. So, and he comes up big for the Panthers and dual meets. I don't know. He could be a dark horse to give Gefeller a scare here. Definitely. Definitely. I, you know, uh, G's been uh, a little bit, uh, 
Um, tricky to pick two. Uh, you know, he's won. It, like most of the toss-ups, he's won, right? And then he's picked up some big upsets as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's a definitely a questionable uh, matchup here. But I think I think he can get it done against Holschlag. Uh, but again, uh, Holschlag has proven very capable, and he keeps matches really close, with the exception of you know the the um, the pin against Ed Scott, which is nothing to be ashamed of. So, do you think um, Feller gets bonus points here? WrestleStat does. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) By the slimmest of margins. I I think not. I think no, no, I don't, I don't see it. Um, I think G this is the, like, like with uh, Hornfeck, like with uh, Brayton Lee, you know, uh, I really, I think he'll keep it close. I think he'll uh, work what he's been working um, and, and just find ways to win. Uh, G's been, needing to be scrappy this year uh, as he's um, continuing to get his shape. And he's just a wily old veteran. Absolutely. He's, he's fun to watch at, at times. He he gets funky down there for sure. Um, but uh, I think this is going to be a good one. Uh, absolutely. 165 pounds, Wyatt Sheets and Austin Yant. Um, the way Sheets has been wrestling. I think he's had some uh, um, issue. I think he's from John Smith's radio show. Uh, it sounds like Wyatt's been having some issues uh, keeping his weight on. So um, he's weighing in under 165. He's kind of small. And uh, I think I think that's definitely um, playing into some of his matches here. He I don't think he's as confident as he could be. Um, so against Yant, that's a tough one to try to find some confidence against. Um, but if he wrestled the way he did against Peyton Hall, I, I could see it happening. But I, I like Yant in this one for sure. Yeah, I like Yant too. He really hasn't gotten to see many guys that are, you know, that high of a level so far this season. So that's a little bit, you know, something that gives you a question mark there. But he finished last season really strong. And I think he's kind of just been rolling with it along the same trajectory. So I'm going to pick Yant here as well. For sure. Hey, he's undefeated on the year, right? So he's looking to protect that uh, um, for sure. Uh, Part of that is forfeiting out of the, uh, Cliff Keen tournament yep. and then um but he looked he's you're right he hasn't really hit anybody um quite as good as as Wyatt Sheets so it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that uh um but but gotta gotta like him in that match for sure um this 174 is another potentially really good matchup here between Dustin Plot and Lance Runyon um you know this is one of uh, plots losses from last season. He got uh, pinned by Runyon. He got caught in a, uh, a defensive position and uh, Runyon was able to roll through and pick up the pin. Yeah. <laughs> Runyon, it, he'll do things like that. He's also really good on top. And I think it's going to be a good match. It seems like Runyon, he wrestled against Demetrius Romero. So I expect to see him against plot here, especially in this dual meet. Uh, he hasn't wrestled, you know, hundred percent of the matches this season, but since new year's, he has been out there a lot. So I expect to see uh Runyon at full strength, but I, man, I'm going to pick plot. Yeah. Got to roll with plot here. He's got um, some high ambitions here. Uh, you know, he's been, all he's been talking about is, you know, I want to wrestle on Saturday night at NCAAs. That's his whole focus and he wants it bad. So he's, he's a, on a bit of a vision quest, I guess. <laughs> but uh, he um, he's allowed some close matches of late. Uh, so 
you know, against guys like Runyon, that'll probably continue uh, where they'll, they'll be close. Just pick up the win, get your feel, move on. Right. And then at big 12s is where he'll probably uh, start to try to separate. But um, you know, he's, he's plot's been really good this year. And uh, um, with the exception of that head scratcher at Oregon state, and, um, it definitely expect him to continue the trend against Runyon. He's two and one against him all time. So expect him to get the third win. Yeah, and then at 184, you've got Parker Keckeisen taking on Travis Whitlake. I don't know. Travis Whitlake, he had those two major decisions this past weekend, but Keckeisen is on another level as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. I think Whitlake is running into a bit of a buzzsaw this weekend. Um, you know, he's he's been really good, uh, you, but you, you can see the weight difference kind of impacting him against the top guys, against Trey Munoz, um, uh, against Isaiah Salazar. Uh, those are his two losses on the year, and they're against bigger 184-pounders. Keck Eisen's in that same class. I just uh, struggle to struggle to see him picking up a win here against Keck Eisen, especially since Keck Eisen is like, you know, he's the guy, right? He's same kind of thing as Plot looking to make the podium – uh, hasn't been able to do it this year. Third best guy in uh, uh, that weight class for the last couple of years. Uh, but uh, he definitely could do it this year. And I think that's the same thing. He's focused on it. And um, he has to beat guys like Travis Whitlake and and separate from them, which he's done pretty well in his career. Um, so definitely expect him to pick up a win. Yeah. Then at 197, if it is Noah Glazer that steps out there for you and I, I have Luke Serber getting bonus points and that being the difference in this dual meet. Yeah, definitely. Serber's looked really good. Um, he's uh, um, starting to feel really confident in this weight. Uh, I think he's um, getting more confident in his offense and his ability to get to legs and his ability to finish and, and take guys to their back. Um, doing some of the things that he learned as a lighter weight wrestler in high school uh, that he wasn't really able to do as a heavyweight last year because he was giving up, you know, 40 pounds to his opponents. So um, this year he's he's looking really good. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's got some head scratchers, but almost all of his losses you can point to goofy mistakes that he made along the way. Um, but this, you know, he's locked in and against uh, this opponent, he should be able to uh, get some bonus points. I, I definitely uh, think he's capable of it. One thing to look out for there, uh, you and I does have Wyatt Volker, who was a big time recruit, multiple time Fargo All-American with a couple dates left sitting on the shelf. So I would not be surprised to have them send him out in this dual meet. I think Cody Goodwin reported that they're saving some of his dates for, uh, you know, these big 12 duels. So this seems like it would be one that they would use him on. Yeah, for sure. Um, Beating Oklahoma State in... Uh, your home arena is a big deal, uh, for you and I, especially. So, um, I'm sure they're going to pull out the stops. It's, it's a close one. So if they think they can get an advantage there, then, um, they should, I still like Serber, but that's because I'm a massive Luke Serber Homer at the same time. I don't think I've hidden that very well in the past. <laughs> so, uh, the guy just, he's having fun and he, is aggressive and he's, he, you know, if you had a lineup of 10 Luke servers, they may not all win national championships, but they're all going to give you everything every week. So yeah, um, 
definitely like that guy and and like watching him wrestle. So I'm I'm still going to pick him, but uh, I can understand uh, the other way on that. I I can't. I'm trying to be unbiased in my picks uh, for Oklahoma State in this podcast, uh, but when it comes to Luke Server, I just can't do it. I can't hide it. Yeah, I'm pretty biased there at 197 too. So we will move yeah. on to heavyweight. Tyrell <laughs> Gordon against Connor Doucette. And this one, I am I guess we didn't see this last year because Cerber was up at 285, but I think this will be a good match. Yes, I definitely think it'll be a good match. And again, with Doucette, he's running into a t- really tough stretch here as he uh, as we look at the next two, two or three weeks. But um, with this matchup against Gordon... He's definitely got the size advantage. It's a matter of, you know, Gordon is fast and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes because again, just really well coached wrestler. Um, So, you know, I see, I look, frankly, I see uh, uh, tiebreakers here again. Um, Yeah, that would not surprise me. And I've actually got Tyrell Gordon winning this, but I don't, if it comes down to heavyweight, I don't think there's any way that he gets bonus points to tie this dual meet up. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, and, you know, we'll see what the the case may be, but I think we both have this one picked at 16 to 15. So, um, it's definitely going to be a, a close one. I mean, that makes it, um, uh, five to five and with uh, a bunch of swing matches in there. Tons of swing matches. I mean, frankly, with the exception of 84 and 33, they're all, uh, swing matches. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So, um, anything could happen in this one. It's going to be an interesting, uh, it's going to be an interesting duel. Um, I'm really excited to see it and, uh, we will, uh, um, you know, learn a lot about both teams on Saturday. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun one. And that one is on flow wrestling at 7 PM. So tune on, tune into that on Saturday night. So then they turn around and at 2 p.m. on Sunday, uh, Oklahoma State's taking on Iowa State. It uh, look Iowa State looking for a little bit of magic here. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not sure who Iowa State is going to send out at 125 with Corey Caban still out for the time being. They've got Caleb Feasley went out there against Arizona State, but he was beaten by Connor Nopic up at an open in St. Cloud, Minnesota last weekend. And then they've also got Ethan Perryman, who's a really good true freshman that I believe has two dates left. So could see Ethan Perryman here. He beat, um, he wrestled an extra chance match in that Cornell duel down in new Orleans and took out Cornell's backup 125, which, you know, you say, Hey, you beat another backup. What's the big deal. That dude was a two-time national qualifier. So it's a solid win for a true freshman. And that's why if it is Perryman, I'm going to give Iowa state the nod at 125 over Blankenship. And yeah, I think that's fair. I think I'm going to go with uh Blankenship because if it's true freshman against true freshman, right. Uh, you know, yeah. that's, that's a, yeah. Um, interesting matchup. Uh, you know, we've seen Blankenship look pretty good against uh, some opponents this year, especially ones that are um, more evenly matched, right? So, um, you know, he, he picked up a win over Jacob Moran of Indiana. Um, he uh, lost to Yori Volk, but that's not that's not really anything to be ashamed about. So, I, I'm I, I'm optimistic about Blankenship uh, to pick up his. Uh, um, win there against Iowa state. Um, I think that could be interesting for him for sure. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. I think that's, I think that's an interesting matchup. Definitely a toss up. 
Mm -hmm. 133, definitely not a toss up. I'm picking Dayton Fix here, but it it will be interesting to see who Iowa State sends out. Supposedly, there was a best two of three wrestle off as of time of recording. Those results have not been made public, so I'm not sure if it will be Zach Redding or Ramazan Adesayev. And either way, I'm picking Dayton Fix. It's just hard to pick against Dayton Fix. Like you mentioned earlier, we're pretty sure Dayton Fix is going to win the match as he wrestles. Yeah, for sure. I and I I think he's gonna pick up bonus points here. I think there's a design to him um wrestling seven minutes and uh working on his writing and and doing some other things. There's some there's a reason that he hasn't been going out and just pinning guys in the first period. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I don't think it's necessarily that he can't do it. I think he's just looking to work on a couple of things and he he's got one goal, right? And it's beat RBY at the national championships, and that's um what can he do to get there? And uh, going and pinning guys in the first period, I don't think he's gonna necessarily do that. So I think I there's gotta be a reason. Um so Against Redding and Ramazan, they're both really tough opponents. Uh, I, I definitely, it, and they're experienced wrestlers, right? So it's hard to say that Dayton is just going to go out there and dominate and do whatever he wants against them. Um, but in this duel where it could be pretty tight, um, they, you know, if they need six points, then he, he might be able to go out and do that. I, I don't necessarily know uh, if he will be be able to especially against ramazan ramazan's really tough he's so stingy on the mat yeah he's when he gets on the mat even though he's not great at escaping he's he's not it's he's really hard to turn um so i i I, it's hard for me to pick that and then redding is long so uh dayton being able to lock something up and and get into a pinning combination will be tough against redding and Um, that's an interesting point lee because i think there's some iowa state fans who have said i would rather have redding in a tournament setting but adesayev in a dual meet because he's far less likely to give up bonus points yeah well then they might go with ramazan uh because <laughs> i mean the guy look the guy's tough uh, he's a really really tough matt wrestler uh, and I, I don't know if that comes from his freestyle experience or what um but he, he's been really good at uh avoiding bonus points i mean last year in the duel he um was really really stingy against dayton yeah and, and he's uh, able to slow him down with that two-on-one a little bit which uh, he's not getting takedowns out of there but he's melting time off the clock where dayton fix could be getting his own takedowns for sure. For sure. Um, I think Dayton will be able to get at least a major, um, um, but uh, it's going to be tough either way. I think the, the, both those guys are solid. It's just, you know, it's Dayton, right? So it's, it's kind of hard to say um, the other way. Right. So, yeah. Then we've got some young guns at 141 with Casey Swiderski and Carter Young. Look, I think this is a toss up, right? I, I know Swiderski is a uh, um, number three recruit in the country, all that, all that stuff, like hotshot, um, incoming freshman uh definitely expect him to but he's kind of had his in- injury struggles he's faced some adversity this year uh he's had some weight struggles so you know curious to see where this one starts out uh how Swiderski comes into it he's had some really tough matches um it's a toss-up because again i have trouble saying carter young isn't good right uh because <laughs> he is he's a very good wrestler he's got the talent when does that light bulb come on? Is it this? If it's this weekend, then he's going to have a great weekend. If it doesn't, then he's going to have a horrible weekend. So uh, with Swiderski, I think there's some unknowns there for both wrestlers. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, Swiderski's tough. He's strong. So Carter's kind of struggled against that. I'm curious to see how that might pan out. Yeah, I, I agree. There's 
a bunch of question marks for both guys right now and two young wrestlers that have shown great potential, but also shown uh, to not always wrestle up to their potential. So I'm going to pick Swiderski here. No surprise. I'm sticking with the Cyclone, but he's got to, you know, he's got to get some more consistency before the end of this season, because they've been talking a big talk and for him to reach the medal stand and uh, make a run at the finals or a national title, like he's been talking about, it's got to start here. Yeah. He's got to get, he's got to start getting some big wins and um, really performing better. Uh, to back up that talk but you know that's the whole point that's why you put it out there right Mm -hmm. is to go get it like you're putting that target on your back so go hold yourself accountable yep um for me 149 pounds here again marquee matchup between for this duel i think 149 197 are the two where you're really like "Ah, i really want to watch those um 149 pounds here victor vunovich and penero johnson um redshirt freshman versus uh true freshman that was gray shirted last year right so um really we, we need to talk about this one i mean panero has been really stingy he's got some awesome wins at one point you you say this guy should be number one he took yanni to overtime yeah. all that other stuff right um he's kind of come back down to earth here over the last couple of weeks he's still great um but he keeps him close he's a he's a uh we talked. We said it many times this, today, but he's a very stingy wrestler. Uh, Boinovich, on the other hand, um, has been coming into his own. He's been getting better. He's been um, performing well up to this point. Um, hasn't necessarily been able to separate as well as you'd like to see uh, from a guy who uh, was a top, you know, twelve recruit and is somebody that you you want to see make that jump and get onto the podium. Um, maybe not as a redshirt freshman, definitely a sophomore, junior, senior year, right? Um, but this is the kind of match where he has to win, uh, and this is where he has to come out and uh, uh, make that announcement of like, "Look, I'm here. I'm going to be a contender in 149 pounds, and uh, I'm going to be there step by step, step and step with Panero Johnson, uh, unless Panero goes up." So it's it's uh, interesting. This is an interesting yeah. matchup, future Big 12-wise. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, you said it right there. We're watching the future of the Big 12 right here. We could see this for three or four more years, potentially. So that makes it really exciting to see chapter one of what could turn into a great rivalry. I'm going with Panero just because he's had uh, more high-end success that's been shown. But Voinovich, like you mentioned, really hasn't had that much of an opportunity to do that. So it's definitely a marquee matchup. Yeah, you know, in such a deep weight class nationally, Voinovich just really hasn't had an opportunity to 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 hit anybody that is uh, just clearly better than him. I I mean, you you had a uh, my dog's going crazy, so I apologize for that, <laughs> listeners. Um, but uh, you have a um, uh, you know, we mentioned the losses to Mitch Moore and Michael Blockus. Definitely an easy explanation there. Uh, against those de- those defensive wrestlers, the loss to Kellen March was weird. Um, March was on a roll, so that kind of just took place. But other than that, I mean, who has he wrestled? Uh, and the answer is is no nobody really. Manzona Bryant, he picked up the big comeback win over him in the first duel of the season. I I don't. It's hard to pick Victor Voinovich here. Um, 
setting proper expectations, trying not to be a homer. I've got to go with Pinero Johnson, but I, I definitely could see Voinovich uh, taking this first opportunity and, and making the most of it, right? Both these guys love sudden victory matches too. I think they both have four sudden victory matches this year. So Perfect. they're just giving the fans free wrestling. Well, between him and, and Connor Duce, between these two and Connor Doucette and Sam Schuyler, I think we might be able to see, we, we might get at least another, uh, uh, what, five minutes or so yeah, of a free a, wrestling. A complete bonus match. Yeah. We'll see what happens. So um, again, 149, circle that one. Uh, if you're going to watch, you know, if you're going to flip back and forth between different duels, I definitely recommend getting it, getting to the 149 pound match for the Pokes and Cyclones. Yeah. 157, you got Caden Gefeller taking on Jason Kreiser. Uh, um, you know, WrestleStat has uh, G getting major here. Yeah. And Gefeller's, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Oklahoma State fans listening, if you have not seen Jason Kreiser wrestle yet this season, you are probably going to see something in this match that's going to make you say, what the heck is this guy doing? And then you're going to see something that's like, holy crap, that kind of worked. And it's a little bit of a roller coaster watching Jason Kreiser, but I would not be surprised to see G Feller get the major decision here. You know, the funny thing about G is when people do weird things against him, he typically catches them. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. he typically catches them and makes uh, um, points out of it. So, um, yeah, definitely would anticipate him to do that here. I, I think G can get a major. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is because OSU needs it. So in mm-hmm. this match, I mean, you're you're really looking at a six to four uh, duel in not best case. Best case is obviously the other way. But for OSU, six to four is like. Most likely. Kind of a stretch likely thing. So you need bonus points from your uh, guys who are overmatching their opponents. And this is one of those instances where um, G is quite a bit better than his counterpart for Iowa State. So you need to see him separate out here and and, and pick up a, an extra point for the team. Yeah. And if Oklahoma State does get bonus points there, I've got Iowa State getting them back at 165 with David Carr over Wyatt Sheets. I know this was a really close match on the backside of the national tournament last year, and it's been a really close match in the past because this will be their sixth meeting. But I think it'll be more like the dual meet last season where you saw David Carr really determined to get a bonus point. And he went out there last season. I forget what the move was, but he got to take down like one second left to get a huge bonus point at that point in the duel. Yeah, he sure did. He, he, uh, he definitely put the dagger in and kind of twisted it around, uh, um, uh, in that duel last year, uh, against Wyatt Sheets definitely left us pretty disappointed there. Um, but look, Oh, what's the over, I think the real discussion here is what's the over under on how many times they uh, talk about or how much they talk about, uh, um, <laughs> their parents, the dads, yeah, <laughs> man, I bet it is a lot, uh, especially, I mean, they haven't done it quite so much with David Carr this year, but anytime you get a chance with sheets coming in, you're going to talk about the, and you've got the, you've already got Iowa state, Oklahoma state, they're going to have tradition on their mind. There's probably going to be a reference to the big eight, you know, so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it'll be good. Some good, uh, nostalgia there. For sure. And I, I got to shout out the uh, Wrestling Changed My Life podcast here. They they had uh, John Smith's uh, uh, roommate, Corey Bays. He released an episode this morning on that. And um, they were talking about the Big Eight 
uh, tournament and how tough it was and uh, with Nebraska and Missouri and um, Iowa State and Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. And, and at the time, Oklahoma was really good. Iowa State was always, of course, you know, top tier. Nebraska was really good. So, you know, it, it's uh, uh, y- you really shake your fist at Missouri and Nebraska for blowing that up. Ruining uh, a good thing. Because even in 2010, I mean, my goodness, that was uh, when Kale, or what was it, 2009, 2008, when Kale was at Iowa State and um, Oklahoma State was rolling, but they were like, they were down a little bit after mm-hmm. the run and all the all the Olympians left to go be head coaches somewhere. Yeah. Uh, OU was really good with Spates. Um, Missouri yep. was hitting a stride. I believe uh, Nebraska tied Iowa State for the Big 12 title the last time that Iowa State won a Big 12 title. So They did. They did. It was in Gallagher-Iba, and okay. Nebraska fans were thrilled to tie. Like, yeah. just absolutely over the moon. And uh, um, that was those were good days, you know. So one day we'll have to talk about that, the Big 8. And if you could add in you and I, the Dakota schools, Wyoming. I think oh, that'd be that's fun. A, that's an awesome conference. But uh, that's not the reality we live in, unfortunately. Money rules and uh, – you know, Nebraska and Missouri caught wind of that. But I think, I mean, yeah, I think David Carr is going to win this one. Um, I I hope that uh, we see Wyatt get his confidence up. He wrestled well against Hall. Hopefully we see that again against David Carr. I know David Carr's on a different level than Peyton Hall, um, but uh, Wyatt's capable of keeping it close. As as we've seen in most of of their six matchups, you know, they've all been fairly close with the exception of two uh, major decision Mm -hmm. victories for Carr. They're all wins for Carr. um, So expect that again. But uh, um, yeah, this is a, (laughs) these two wrestlers know each other so well that I I have trouble um, imagining Carr picking up uh, um, bonus points, but at the same time, it's happened a couple of times. So you, you, you could definitely see it. Um, we'll see. We'll see what version of Wyatt Sheets we get. Um, 174 pounds. You've got Dustin Plot and Julian Broderson. Um, kind of like the others, you know, Plot is going to be needing to look for bonus points here. Yeah, I think that'll be sort of the theme here throughout with matches like this. And Broderson is, he's proved himself to be, I wouldn't even say fringe national qualifier. I think he's pretty solidly sitting in the national qualifier camp right now. But if, you know, that's not going to help Iowa State in their quest for a trophy to just be a national qualifier. He's going to have to have at least have a good match against someone of Plot's caliber and then show that you can go and win those matches at the national tournament or guys maybe just a level below. So Broderson has been wrestling really well, too. He pinned Hayden Hastings and had also wrestled really well against Arizona State. So I think uh, I think we'll see a good uh, Julian Broderson kind of hitting his stride, but Plot's got to be the pick here for sure. And I think plot just by decision. Um, but I could also, this could Broderson's aggressive enough where this could be another, like the 17 to 14 type of match <laughs> where yeah, there's a yeah. lot of points scored. So it could be an exciting mm-hmm. one. Um, but plot with that lefty low single, I think that he's going to be, um, looking to hit that as much as he can. And, um, you know, I, I think he's definitely going to get the win. Uh, is he going to be able to pour it on Broderson? I, I don't think so. Broderson hasn't, uh, necessarily allowed that w- with the exception of in that Cornell duel. I'm just kind of, Boca just got hesitant. a tilt and focus yeah. nasty with that tilt. Yeah, for sure. Um, whereas, uh, Dustin, you know, he, he mostly just looks to, to work takedowns and, and work from his feet. So, um, yeah, I think probably regular decision, but a lot of points scored. 
Yeah. At 184, this is a really fun one, I think, with Marcus Coleman and Travis Whitlake. I would have liked to hear my thoughts on this hypothetical matchup in 2021 when Whitlake was at 65 and Marcus Coleman was wrestling 197. <laughs> yeah, they they went on different paths there, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, just met in the middle. So catch weight, the super match that I'm sure they arranged two years ago and everybody has been waiting to see since as they made their way towards each other with Coleman uh, right now looking like he would be favored. But I don't know, Whitlake, he had a good weekend last weekend. So we'll see. Maybe he just puts it together for uh, what's going to be a huge weekend for him taking on Kekeisen and Marcus Coleman. Yeah, for sure. Um Whitlake is starting to get confident with his ability at this weight. Uh, You know, he's, he hasn't necessarily been um, well against Northern Colorado. He was more aggressive and and in doing that, he went out and and picked up these, you know, big wins against guys that are, you know, good, but uh, they're they're not as good as Marcus Coleman. Right. Uh, They both have a mutual loss to Trey Munoz. Um, Whitlake's stingy on his feet, right? He doesn't really allow uh, guys to get to his legs very easily. Um, he struggles from bottom is is typically where he gets beat. So I, I'm Marcus curious Coleman is very out. good on top. So yeah, I, so, that's that's definitely going to be a position where I give the advantage to Coleman for sure. I, I I'd pick Coleman in this match for sure. Um, uh, um, but Whitlake again getting confident in uh, the weight and uh, getting his lungs. Really, I think he's finally realized like, oh, yeah, I don't have to cut, you know, uh, a ton of weight to get down to this 184 pounds. Um, probably don't have to cut much at all. Uh, one practice will we'll probably get him there. So or one good warm up. So, you know, uh, he's probably starting to feel it and starting to feel a little bit better and starting to get his endurance up and, and his confidence up. So, like you said, massive weekend for uh for several osu wrestlers and um big tests big tests so uh i i'm, I'm excited for whitlake I, I gotta pick coleman here though yeah for sure then at 197 i am sure we're gonna see a boatload of points on the board with younger Bastida and luke server going at it i what what do you think is going to be the longest amount of time without somebody scoring in this match dude this is going to be a wild one this is going to be there's going to be a shot every three seconds Okay. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a, a real barn burner and, and one that we could uh, uh, see um, server. Look, <laughs> I'm curious to see how Bastida protects his feet here because um, server goes for it. I mean, I know both of them do. Uh, and server kind of struggles with protecting his feet. So, yeah, this is going to be a absolute just appointment tv at, at this point yeah i i don't know if it's going to be the closest match of the duel or you know definitely not the highest prestige match of the duel but it could be the most fun match probably the favorite to be the most fun match of the duel for sure um i don't know what to do here because my my heart says luke serber you know my heart wants it to be luke serber uh younger has been so good um you know it's 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 just gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough uh um challenge here for 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 both wrestlers i'm i'm really just i'm really curious to see what happens yeah server has been wrestling good but i i think bestie is gonna pick up a major but it's gonna be 
it's going to be close. I think it's going to take him, you know, till the last 20 seconds of the match to clinch up the major decision. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. I, I think it'll probably at worst be a regular decision for either wrestler. Um, um, but yeah, I could see it. I could see it uh, getting away from Cerber as well. Um, heavyweight. So again, another big one for Connor Doucette. Um, he just has, he constantly has to prove himself uh, against Sam Schuyler here. No different. Um, he's capable of doing it. He's kind of shown he's, he's a very strong wrestler. Um, but you know, what, what comes from here? Yeah. I've got Sam Schuyler taking this one, but like you said, Connor Doucette is, uh, very tough to beat. He keeps matches close when he needs to. And I would not be surprised to see some overtime wrestling here in Schuyler versus Doucette. Definitely. I think we're definitely going to see an extra couple minutes uh, at least. Um, uh, Doucette, you know, as he builds up his confidence, uh, he's kind of proven that he's got the strength and the speed and the the ability, um, but it's just uh, being confident enough to go get down underneath somebody like Sam Schuyler. Um, Yeah. if he can do that and finish, then, you know, the sky's the limit, but Skyler's been really tough. Uh, he's really tough to score on. Uh, he's in the same boat where he's going to be aggressive and looking to get to feet. And uh, I think that, uh, that that's probably going to be the difference there. Um, it's hard for me to pick Doucette here, um, but that's not to say that he can't do it. It's just a, a matter of uh, a Skyler potentially being the better wrestler, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially with the season that Sam Schuyler has had. So I wrote down my score of being 20 to 12 ISU, but I have no idea if that's what I actually picked. I always talk myself into some wild card decisions there once we start talking about it. For sure. When I heard you describing the uh, um, uh, <laughs> 125 pound situation, I, I switched my pick over to the pokes. So I, I've got it going. Um, uh, 18 to 14. Um, but you know, it, it could definitely flip here. I, I think the rumors of Oklahoma state's demise have been exaggerated a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I think all these guys are talented, right? Um, I think in some instances they've been tired, uh, in some, some instances they've been a little bit over overmatched, but, uh, um, yeah, I think that, uh, um, we'll see what happens. This is a, t- this is an interesting road trip for them. And I think this dual meet still means a lot to both of these programs. So oh, whether sure. one of them is down or not, there's going to be both these teams want to win it. And I, I would say it's favored in a lot of matches and that's ultimately why I'm pretty confident they will walk away with a victory because there's so many things that need to go Oklahoma state's way. But at the end of the day, there's like seven things that could go Oklahoma state's way instead of Iowa state's. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's not that big of a surprise. It it would just surprise me if all of them went Oklahoma State's way. Yeah, yeah, it would surprise me as well. Uh, you know, John Smith said, um, you know, the the radio the show host uh, Rex uh, Holt was saying, um, you know, we got to go wrestle at Iowa State. We got to go wrestle at U and I. We got to go wrestle Michigan. We got to go wrestle Missouri. And, and John Smith said, well, yeah, but they got to wrestle us too. You know, mm-hmm. um, and and that's the mindset. Uh, of Oklahoma State really is as it uh, should be. Yeah, it's it's like, hey, look, you know, we're we're still here. It's not like we we've taken some massive step backwards. It's just a it's just a different season. Uh, they're having to do a lot of development that they didn't necessarily expect to have to do, and um, 
it's it's been weird. So um, I think that there's a, there's some good opportunity here um, for for all three programs, and then for OU as well uh, with the trip to um, Iowa State. I, I definitely think Iowa State's going to pick up a win there, and then at UNI. Um, it's a little bit closer, right? So that one's also at 2 p.m. on on Flow Wrestling. So we're just doing a, a flip flop Saturday and Sunday. Um, but uh, I guess I guess the OU's at Iowa State on Friday. But <clears throat> sorry about that. But the uh, um, OU and I, I think, uh, is sneaky is could be close. Yeah, for sure. I mean, oh, you talk about having a lot to gain. I think OU might have the most to gain out of any of these teams this weekend. So. There's going to be some good matchups there. Wyatt Henson, Kyle Biscaglia, that's a good, sneaky good matchup with uh, For sure. upset potential. 141, Moshe Schwartz versus Kale Happel should be really good. 149, Ray Albuto versus Mitch Moore. Uh, two really solid guys that I'm sure we'll, we'll see again at the Big 12 tournament. One fit even I mean 157 is not a marquee matchup, but you've got Holschlag against either Jacob Butler or Jared Hill, and Hill just had a nice win against West Virginia, so that'll be a close match. Nine House versus Yant should be good. We haven't seen uh, like we talked about. We'll see Yant against Sheets, and a Nine House would probably be the those are probably the two best guys he's seen to date this season. For sure, for sure. I I think that uh, um, you know as you mentioned with. Um, uh, Hill and and Butler, uh, OU fans were kind of surprised that Butler won that spots over Hill, right? I, I think that he was a, a top tier recruit coming there out of Kansas City, right? So I think that they've got a um, a really interesting opportunity uh, for sure to to pull some upsets. Um, I, I even think you know Kekheisen and Piccolo uh, could be a really interesting uh, opportunity for for Tate to to make a mark again Kekheisen's next level right so mm-hmm. um I, I don't necessarily expect an upset there but if he can keep it to a decision or, or keep it close uh, he's got a good opportunity to to uh, make a good name for himself and if it's if it's Keegan Moore you know Keegan Moore going he wrestles back his to, old school's tough yeah he sure does that guy knows how to put a chip on his shoulder so um I think that uh, that could be a really interesting matchup um I, I don't think he'll beat Parker. K- I mean, there's a reason he transferred, right? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely uh, OU's got some good opportunities there to go into, um, you know, the arena at UNI and and pick up a an upset, uh, and that's what it would be. It it would be an upset for OU. Yeah, and then Gordon versus Heinzelman, of course, is another good swing match. So tons of swing matches in that dual meet with you and I just getting an edge in a lot of them. So that's probably why uh, I feel at least pretty confident in you and I, but Oklahoma's definitely got the shot to pull off the upset there. For sure. Um, also at two o'clock on flow, you got San Diego, or I'm sorry, South Dakota. Why did I do that? Uh, <laughs> South Dakota State at Air Force. Um, gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Brookings to- is the San Diego of the Dakotas. Right. <laughs> Uh, the sea of wheat, right? Or, or whatever it is that you're growing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm I'm definitely excited to see um uh, some of these matchups in that duel. Um, you know, Hendrickson and, and AJ Nevels. AJ Nevels has played upset a couple times this year. Um you, like Luke Serber at 197 pounds, White Hendrickson is that for me at 
uh, heavyweight. You know, I, it, I, 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 he's going to win a national championship or run away with it. Um, I'm convinced. Um, but uh, um, this could be an interesting matchup for him. Yeah, definitely. Then we've got Sam Wolf and Cade DeVos at 174. Uh, Sam Wolf, we haven't seen him against a lot of the tough 174s in the Big 12. So he'll get some of that action this weekend. And Tucker Owens versus Tanner Jordan down at 125 should be fun as well. Also on Sunday, 3 p.m. on Flow Wrestling, Northern Colorado hosts Cal Baptist. I've got my eyes on Steve O'Poolin versus Eli Griffin at 125 and Baylor Fernandez versus Frank Almaguer at 165 there, Lee. Yeah, yeah. Both uh, matchups should be really good. Um, Northern Colorado should win that duel pretty handily, but, uh, uh, you know, good opportunity for Cal Baptist to um, get into the mountains a little bit and, uh, you, you know, just continue to uh, hit their stride here. Hopefully they're um, recruiting. I'm sure there are some kids in Colorado that uh, would be a great fit for the uh, Lancers. So um excited to see this one. Uh, continue to to build up that that that's going to be a good um, rivalry in the future. I think between Cal Baptist, Utah Valley, Northern Colorado Air Force, those uh, programs are all going to be continuing to raise their level. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. So lots of fun action this weekend, Lee. For sure. We went way over. Um, so <laughs> we'll get out of here. Uh, it, it's, it's going to be a great weekend and uh, I'm excited to see it. I know for your host here, for, for me and Sam, we're definitely going to be, uh, um, I don't know when we start the trash talk. When, when do we stop uh, keeping this cordial and, and start turning it on? Probably just on, on Sunday. Yeah. As soon as you post this. So I know you didn't edit some fallacies into my mouth. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'm so good at audio editing that I just, you know, um, no, I, I can't do that. Uh, I'm not that good at impressions either. So, um, I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll post it and then we'll, we'll start our fun, but we'll, we'll be back, uh, next week doing the same thing, you know, just, uh, making sure we, uh, are, um, bringing you big 12 news. We have a lot, we'll have a lot of wrestling to talk about. And then the schedule just gets tougher. Um, you know, yeah, it's got, a sprint to the finish from here. Yeah, it really is that every everybody's going to start beating themselves up. It's uh, kind of like Big Twelve basketball, where it's just going to be a, a meat grinder uh, yeah. through the finish. So, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. As always, make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter at Pin Twelve Pod, and make sure to engage with us, ask questions, uh, do all that fun stuff. You can find us um, all over the place. So we're we're always here to. Uh, uh, engage with all that and to, um, you know, make sure we let you know what you need to know about the big 12 wrestling. Thanks for listening.